Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, they're giving away a Tesla. That's their latest promotion. Yeah, a Tesla. If you don't want it, they're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings, 4th of July weekend. You get final entries every half hour from 10 a.m. until midnight during their daily cash drawings or by redeeming players' points. Get on up there. Win that Tesla. That'd be totally awesome. Plus, you can go to their sports book. They have great food and really loose slots. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Nikola Jokic on the verge of winning back to back MVPs. Peyton Manning in 2013 had an historic season. So much, in fact, you and I went back and forth about a year ago where I, where I believe that Lamar Jackson had the greatest season ever for a quarterback because we're talking about passing and rushing. However, you brought up some great points. So that's arguable. And then Terrell Davis, pick a season, any season, but you almost have to combine three seasons for him because that is the greatest three-season stretch by mm-hmm. any running back in NFL history. So you have Manning's one season, Jokic's two seasons, Terrell Davis's three seasons, taking out the fact that it is one season versus two versus three. Who has had the greatest stretch or, in Manning's case, single season? How much do team accomplishments matter in this? That's a great question because Terrell Davis won Super Bowls. Peyton Manning went to a Super Bowl and the jury is still out on Jokic for this year. But if we're being realistic, Mm -hmm. they're not going to win a title. But if we're being completely honest as well, the question is about a regular season, not about what they did after. As an example, Mm -hmm. the MVP is voted on for all sports after the regular season. It's not voted on after the playoffs are over. Right. So now that just, I know you wanted to go there, but now. Well, it's worth, it's just, it's kind of worth factoring in. However, this is ultimately an individual accomplishment. And so you do have to separate the team out. And let's just face it. Those Broncos teams with TD and Peyton Manning around, around them are much greater than the, than what the Nuggets have been left with, particularly with the injuries. Great point. And. I mean, it is possible to have greatness when the team doesn't re- individual greatness when the team doesn't reach that. That's why Andre that's, Dawson won an MVP in 1987 for the Cubs, and the Cubs were terrible. This is why you have Hall of Fame guys in the Hall of Fame who either never went to the playoffs or they only got to the playoffs once or twice, right? Because you can have because the rose can bloom in a field of weeds. I'm not saying the Nuggets are a field of weeds. They're still good enough to make the playoffs, but this isn't a championship team around him. 
And I mentioned the thing yesterday that Jokic is at the brink of becoming the first player with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in a season. And that builds on what he did last year when he had, uh, in PR, he was, in PR, he was top 10 all time last year. He's actually, he and uh, Giannis have both bumped that down a couple of notches this year. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about literally two top 12 t- seasons individually all time. It's kind of hard to argue against that. Against Jokic. Yeah. I agree. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, t- I mean, yeah. Terrell Davis was magnificent. Peyton Manning's single season in 2013 was eye-popping when he started the season, I believe, with seven touchdown passes mm-hmm. against the Baltimore Ravens. Here's something else to consider. Jokic has done this over the course of 82 games, basically. Davis, 16. Manning, 16. That's that's even more incredible for the amount of time that he has dominated. Mm-hmm. We are seeing things out of Nikola Jokic that we have never seen in NBA history. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering. Now, I understand championships play a role. I understand championships play a role. But if Jokic continues on this trajectory, he has been top five in MVP voting, or he will be, three of the last four years. Mm-hmm. And, le- and he's only 27. So let's say this continues for another three years. And he is top five for the next three years. Is he the greatest athlete in Denver history? Yeah. Yeah, he is. If he does that. <laughs> he does. I don't think there's Would you I don't think there's a doubt. Is that nuts? Would you ever look at him honestly, even though he's in better shape now and say this guy is the greatest athlete, professional athlete in Denver sports history. People will argue Elway and rightfully so. And Manning. Would you look and at Terrell Peyton? Davis? Would you look and at Patrick Watt? Would you have looked at Peyton Manning and said that he's in the conversation for greatest athlete in Denver history. He is, he is not body by Bally's. He is body by Budweiser. Anybody who has seen Peyton Manning in the locker room. he And you know who else had a similar physique, honestly, to Peyton Manning? Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. This guy looked like he never spent a day in the gym. He looked like an old man in that locker room. And he was only in his 30s. Well, throwing the football is a skill that doesn't... I, doesn't require the same strength training as no. uh, as other positions. As far as muscle, I could promise you Joe Montana had nothing on me at 30 that I have at 53. Well, it's like how sometimes pictures, great pictures in baseball, they don't look like great right. athletes, but right. it's all about it's all about what you do with your arm, right? Right. Yeah, Greg Maddox would not uh, be in any before and after pictures. There's a lot in common there with great pictures and great quarterbacks especially if they're not mobile quarterbacks in terms of the skill set they have and in terms of just the, the type of what they do to keep themselves in shape. It is, it is above all about protecting the arm. Right? Isn't it interesting though? Isn't it interesting that you look at a guy and you know, you see him on the beach and it's not to say you'd kick sand in his face, but the guy doesn't look threatening at all. Yet the guy can rush it up there at 95 miles an hour. And you're thinking, how can this guy do this? And I'm in better shape than he is. It's about the it's about how limber your arm is, what kind of shape the ligaments are. Isn't that are in. crazy? Yeah. Isn't that nuts? And why do some guys end up flaming across the cosmos for a brief moment and others end up pitching for, you know, twenty years? I'll give you know, you, you know, why do you know I mean Max Scherzer uh, he dealt with it he dealt with an injury late last year and you know, now he's dealing with a little stuff, but why why is Max Scherzer 
endured, for example, and Jacob deGrom, as great as he is, seems to be always battling something. I will give you a guy that I covered for years that I believe, I could be wrong, I think he played for the Braves, and there's only one word to describe this guy's physique. He was an Adonis, V-shaped, tall, stacked built, Plenty of rumors going around that he had a little bit of help as well, kind of like Barry Bonds. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this guy was flat out yoked with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, and he could not keep it together. And that is Kyle Farnsworth. That guy could be in any max muscle pitcher, and you would say, this guy's a weightlifter. My God, look at this guy. You see this guy with a shirt off, you're like, there's no way he's a baseball player when you look at Cecil or Prince Fielder. Probably had about 3% body fat. If all that, muscle. I if remember. that. If that. Yeah. And, and remember, I covered him in his when he was young, when he was in better shape. You covered him in the Cubs, right? Yes. Yeah. And that guy couldn't get out of his own way because he couldn't develop a second pitch. He would just rush it up at 100, and everybody was waiting for it. And baseball, in terms of hitting, is all about timing. So if, if you have enough bat speed and you can time your bat to a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, you don't have to worry about a curveball out of the strike zone or an off-speed pitch that's going to bounce in front of the plate. Yeah. I remember Farnsworth, when, they, uh, when the Braves lost the 18-inning game to the Astros, which, have the, which I believe it's still the longest game in, in postseason history, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the National League Division Series. And this was actually the series that ended their long run of division titles. They they finished with a losing record the following year. And it was far it was Farnsworth that uh that gave that gave up the runs that uh, accounted for them blowing the lead in that blowing the lead in the last couple of innings of the game. Right. And that's that's what I it's funny. That's what I, I you remember got Kyle Farnsworth for his build. Oh my God. I remember him for being one of the pitchers who accounted for blowing a 6-1 lead in the last two innings of the game. Yeah. Here, this is Kyle Farnsworth with a shirt on. I, I believe it. I mean... Don't, don't tell me this guy isn't ripped. You could see it, like... You know where you could see it, strangely enough? When, when he pitched, you could actually see it in his neck. His neck? But yeah. He had, but he had a V-shaped... Yeah. He had a V-shaped torso which is what every guy dreams of having i mean six pack he has like a 12 pack yeah but he can't he, he can't pitch like a greg maddox or well, he had he, he had the fastball that's and what he didn't he had. have anything else no he didn't no he didn't coming yeah. up after the break tiger woods is officially going to play in the masters starting on thursday will this be considered one of the greatest comebacks of all time if he finishes all four rounds, or even if he just finishes one round. We'll talk about it next. Lots of walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. And with the local DBC news, Ed Kujay with a triumphant comeback. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Damn, damn. 
Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Want to tell you about Colorado Off-Road, all the major accessory brands for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. Now that summer is right around the corner, you're going to do some camping probably. Maybe you have a boat and you want to tow it someplace, maybe to a lake. Uh, Colorado Off-Road is the place to go because they can totally hook you up. They can upfit you today to get you what you need. And you know what? They are the best at what they do for a lot of reasons. One, it's a locally owned company. Jerry grew up in Littleton, the owner, and um, his business is in Littleton. I love that. Plus, they are willing to sell you something aftermarket. Not willing. They, they will encourage you to get something aftermarket. They don't necessarily want to sell you something brand new if you don't need it. And they have over 90 years of experience to do that as well. Plus... Uh, you know what else they do? They install everything. So they are one-stop shopping. If you need to get anything for your car, your truck, your Jeep, your SUV, Upfit Today, Colorado Off-Road, they're Colorado-grown, Colorado-owned. That's Colorado Off-Road. Go to cooffroad.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. So we had this conversation uh, in the last hour, or maybe it was uh, in, in the previous hour. My, my mind is going. I couldn't tell you what I had for lunch today. Point is this. The conversation was, what will you remember the NCAA tournament most for? St. Peter's, mm-hmm. North Carolina beating Duke, or Kansas winning the national championship? All three of us agreed Kansas winning the championship is number three on the list. So now... Tiger Woods has announced, and good for him, he's going to play at the Masters starting on Thursday. What is the Masters going to be remembered for? Tiger coming back, let's say he makes the cut, but doesn't contend, or who wins it? It depends what level Tiger is at. Like If Tiger just makes the cut, yep. but is not in contention, he's He's teeing off Sunday morning. He's finishing around one over, two over par. Then it won't be remembered for that. If Tiger is anywhere near the leaderboard, one over par, on is, some, one over par is pretty good at the Masters. Well, yeah, but that's not going to have you in over over four days. I mean, usually, what are most winners of the Masters at? Unless there's a real fluke in conditions. Like about, Tiger, like 18 under? Well, no, but they're usually yeah. about, what, 10 under, 12 under, right? No, they're usually at right. about 4 or 5 under. If I'm not, Unless I'm thinking of the U.S. Open. You're thinking of the U.S. Open, I think. Might be. I mean, that that's where, like, Matsuyama won last year at 10 under. Uh, okay. Okay. Who was second? Uh, Will Zalatoris at 9 under. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, if Tiger is, like, is just is winding his way through the course early on Sunday and he's finishing... 10, 12 strokes off the lead. We're not going to remember that. If Tiger is anywhere on the leaderboard in contention yeah. on Sunday, yeah. that's the story. Okay. And we're going to remember that more than who ends up winning. Let's say he finishes top 10. Mm-hmm. Will this go down as one of the greatest comebacks historically in sports history? Yes. I don't think it's even close. Yeah. And you know what? The problem in life is all of us have short memories. We tend to forget what truly is a comeback. Mm -hmm. And while I don't want to denigrate Tiger Woods coming back, and let's say he does finish 
in the top 10, and that would be a remarkable accomplishment. It wouldn't even be the top accomplishment in the history of golf. Well, it's not Ben Hogan. No, because he had a car accident. They didn't think he'd walk again. Right. And then he won but three majors in one year. It's massive, though, that if he comes back because if he comes back and is in the top 10, is it the greatest of all time? No, because of Hogan. But it's in the conversation. It's it's somewhere not. on the. It's not. It's somewhere on the short list. Yes, it is. It's not top five. I'll, I'll give. You, I tell you what. I, I will give you some in examples. golf or sports. Sports history. Okay. You tell me what would be more impressive. Tiger Woods, top ten Under, or understanding that Tiger Woods literally the question about him right now mm-hmm. is literally can he walk the course. Gotcha. It's not whether he can strike the ball. Right. It's whether he can walk 72 holes over four days. I will start this way. Lance Armstrong, they gave him a 40 chance of 40% chance of living, and he went on to win multiple Tour de France. The problem is that what he what he was doing doping was. Fine. I'll give you that. So I think we have to cross that one off. Muhammad Ali, three and a half years out of boxing, first fight against Joe Frazier. Lost his prime. Don't what? even don't even answer that. It's Muhammad Ali. Lost his prime, but he wasn't he wasn't dealing with a physical infirmity. He was out of boxing right. for three and a half and, years. And, 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 he, and his reasons for being out of boxing were noble, but he wasn't dealing with having to come back from a serious accident or a serious injury. Okay, Rocky Blyer lost half of his foot in Vietnam and then went on to win multiple Super Bowls. Okay, that's, yeah, that's, that's big time. George Foreman came out of retirement at the age of 40 and won a title at the age of 45, beating Michael Moore. Please. Monica Sellis was stabbed at the French Open and then came back to eventually win the Australian Open. Magic Johnson missed four years after announcing he was HIV positive and came back to play in the NBA, not the highest level, but a pretty high level. I'd say probably Tiger Woods is in that is in that category. Tommy John. I don't need to even say anything more. When you had that type of injury, you never pitched again. You were finished. And he went on to have a pretty good career after that. But I'll give you my favorite because it's a great book and it's a great movie. And to me, this is the greatest comeback story of all time. And this is James Braddock, former heavyweight champ, who broke his hand. They saw him as washed up in the 1920s. The book is called Cinderella Man. The movie is called Cinderella Man. He couldn't feed his family, living through the Depression, getting odd jobs, and came back to beat Max Baer, who was considered the Mike Tyson of his era. They made a, Didn't they make a movie out of it? Cinderella Man. Yes. Made by Ron Howard. And Russell Crowe is the lead character. James Braddock's comeback story is nothing short of remarkable. So much, in fact, it should be made into a movie, and it was. So I don't, I don't, I don't think that Tiger tops Braddock. I don't think he tops Monica. Well, Sell- I didn't say it was the greatest. I said it was will it be remembered as one of the great comebacks. Yeah, it will be. What I, if no, he's if he's in top ten? In no question, absolutely. But not top five. Top ten, yes. Top five, no. It, it's not Rocky Blyer. It's not Ben Hogan. It's not Muhammad Ali. It's not James Braddock, Monica Sellis. Magic Johnson missed four years. when They didn't think he would live. Tiger Woods got into a serious accident. Nothing like Ben Hogan. Nothing like Ben Hogan. And with the, with the technology and the medical know-how back then, they didn't think he would walk. Yeah. 
But, but bo- both not of, to take anything Both away. of them had the same I- I- the same issue, literally getting around the course. He won three consecutive majors. The, the guy to do that next was Tiger Woods, and Tiger's not going to be able to do that in no. part because age. He had he had he had his accident at an older age than Ben right. Hogan did. And again, I'm not trying to denigrate anything that Tiger Woods does. It's a remarkable story. His first tournament back is a major with the entire world watching, and I hope he does great even though I just bet on the Masters today and I didn't bet on him to win, nor would I. But it's a remarkable story. I'm just saying in the context of sports history, is it top 10? Depending on how he finishes, yes. But if he's, what, yeah, if he, I think it's if he's in contention, I'd even say if he's in the top 10. Now, if we're being completely fair, Monica Sellis did not win the Australian Open in her first tournament back. She did not. James Braddock did not win the heavyweight championship in his first bout back. Right. The, the thing, and all yeah. of that and all of that yeah. is fair. However, with Muhammad Ali, he fought the heavyweight champ of the world. And I believe it went 14 rounds after sitting out for three and a half years. Lance Armstrong. Yes, he doped. But, but if we're being completely fair, I think we have to uh, it, look there. It's it's it was inspirational. That he came, that he came back from cancer, but and but the, the thing is, he took the, frankly, he took the, the adulation and the faith that no a lot question. of people had in him, like my father, and no question, frankly, urinated on it. But you know what? The by truth, cheating, for starters, I'll say this: Lance Armstrong is the most despicable athlete in the history of sports, and I'll tell you why I believe that. For everything that you just said, but I'll add on to it. For all of those writers. Who accused him of doping he sued and won and won those cases knowing he was lying but if we're being completely honest about lance armstrong a lot of guys were doping he was just the he was just the best of the dope well, no i mean a lot of guys were doping. this doesn't that doesn't excuse a lot it, of though. His, no i understand that but what i'm saying is that's the level playing field he was on a level playing field with everybody else as far as the doping world goes, he was the best. But it's not, it's not, let's, if we're being completely honest, let's not suggest he was the only one doing but it. But he was also the one who most specifically denied it. No, and again, and he sued people yeah. and he won. Did they counter sue? I don't know. I don't know. By the way, speaking of true stories, did you say you watched the Kurt Warner movie? No. I did. Yeah. And I thought it was terrific. I thought it was absolutely terrific. I was not in it for the little details, I believe, that you pointed out. When I saw the details in the uh, trailer, I, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to wait until it comes on where I don't have to pay for it, out, pay extra for it. Outside of, outside of James Braddock's story, Kurt Warner's story is one of the most remarkable stories in the history of sports. It is. Yeah. It is truly amazing. And the movie is, is far more about the relationship that he had with his wife than him playing football. Well, it's a good thing because when I from the clips I saw the football scenes, they're they're computer generated. No, I'm talking about how even like they couldn't, you know, they would get things like logos wrong and oh, uniforms so, well, wrong. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. I, I, you know what though? 
for me, I, I don't watch Star Wars for the special effects. I watch it for the story. But the thing is, having covered sports for a long time... I understand that. I have a different eye. That, this is why I don't watch sports movies with, with other people. I understand. Because I nitpick them. I understand that. But you could say the same thing about Star Wars, that a guy can't take his two fingers and squeeze them together and somebody chokes to death. That's not realistic either. But that's a different universe. You, I understand. You're expe- it's you're, based on a true story. Yeah. The Kurt Warner Star thing. Star Wars? No. Well, both, technically. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... A long time ago. Who w- knows? One is... They were sloppy. One is... One is science fiction no they were sloppy with certain details but the story of it was terrific that's all i'm saying the thing the movie is not for somebody like me who actually was covering arena football when kurt warner was playing in it that movie isn't going to tell me anything i don't already know well again it's not about his athletic career it's about his relationship with his wife and the two kids that he adopted. Right, and that was that's what it's about. And that was known when he was playing arena ball. That's the thing. Like, uh, it's a, it's not a movie for me. It's a movie for other people. Well, okay, I tell you. Okay, everybody knows that he worked at the High V. Are you familiar with what happened when his car broke down? And I'm, that's, fam- I'm familiar with the the, the the tornado and everything. No, I'm not talking. About okay, it. what's this? Well, Their car broke down in the middle of a freezing snowstorm, and he walked miles each way to go get gas as his family basically froze in the car because he didn't have enough money for gas. Do we know that that's true or an embellishment? I would find it hard to believe that the two of them who produced it would lie about that. And if they did, then shame on them. They were, we know they, there's all these, these things. I, I'm just, I, I'm just always, I, I'm just sp- I would, skeptical. Then, then the shame phrase, on them. No, I doubt. I, I'm not going to deny that it's, it's not true. That's true. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Just how. But I'm not going to go watch a movie just to that's see. Fine. Uh, okay, you told you he 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 walked back and forth in a snowstorm. I mean, I'm not going to a movie just to no, see and that. The, what I'm saying is, you don't know everything about a story. We know the basics. I don't think that changes the arc. That's fine. Well, what struck me is just how poor they were. Just how yeah. poor the Warner family was. And to see him now is truly remarkable. Coming up after the break, heading into the final week of the NBA season, final month of the NHL regular season, let's talk about expectations for the Nuggets and the Avalanche. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale under the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, Danny, good uh, good producing here, playing uh, Getty Lee and Rush's Cinderella Man, as we talked about that in the previous segment. Time mm-hmm. now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. 
Okay, so we are in the final week of the NBA season. There's one month to go, basically, for the NHL season. The Nuggets play tonight, and the uh, Avalanche are skating with the Pittsburgh Penguins right now in Pittsburgh. That score is knotted up at one apiece with about four minutes to go in the first period. So with that, what kind of expectations do we have of the Nuggets? Realistic expectations. If they win the in the first round, if they win a series, I think it's a successful season. And I, I'm not even sure it's a failure if they don't win in the first round. I agree. That that's where I will agree with it's you. kind of a cherry on the Sunday. Now this now are you, I think what you're saying is if they don't win in the first round, you're disappointed, but you're you, you accept, understand. You understand. Right. That's where I think I, I am with it. And you, you win the you win the first round. It's kinda like a in the NCAA tournament, if you're um, if you're a 15 seed, if you're a 13, 14, or 15 or 16 seed, and you win one game, the rest is great. It's gravy after that, right? Right. That and that's the th- and, and that's the thing. It's it's gravy if they win the first round series. After that, if they win the first round series. Well, right now the uh, Nuggets are sitting with the fifth seed, mm-hmm. and they will take on the Dallas Mavericks if they find a way to advance and beat Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. If that's the way it plays out. And they get the top seeded Phoenix Suns, and then like my like their chances, I do not, right in that series. But if they but if they go on to beat Dallas, that would certainly be something, don't you think? It wouldn't. Uh, little, not that uh, Luka Doncic is really in the MVP conversation, but and not that they're going head to head specifically, but uh, it's another notch on Nikola Jokic's belt. Yeah. Well, and so you know, the the Nuggets aren't out of the weeds. The magic number is two. If they win tonight and the Timberwolves win tonight, then they are guaranteed at least the sixth seed. Mm -hmm. But they could still slip and wind up in those play-in games. And the Spurs are playing for something tonight. Yep. That being said, the Spurs have to win two of their their final four games here. Mm -hmm. But And they're in no matter what the Lakers do. But the Spurs do close with Nuggets, T-Wolves, Warriors, and Mavericks. So nothing is uh, nothing is guaranteed for the for the Spurs right now. So they're they they may look at this game and say, "All right, let, let let let's let's be motivated. Let's come out and win this one here." For the Avalanche, yeah, is it a disappointing season if they don't win the whole thing, or is it? Hey, if they get to the Cup Finals, that's a successful season. I think if they get the finals, you're okay with it. It's not. You say they got to win it all. No. They they have to win it all. They've been the best team in the league all year, arguably. Their their expectation is to win it all. It is not to get to the cup. Finals. I agree that their expectation is to win it all. But uh, a seven game series, uh, if you don't have the hot goalie, the rest of it may not matter. If you don't have that's the, the that that's the now you're pro you probably need that goalie to get to the finals. Yeah, but I mean if you go, you know, I mean let's say hypothetically you face uh, Tampa Bay in the finals mm-hmm. and Vasilevsky is playoff Vasilevsky it's possible that the Avs won't win the series I would I would agree with you but remember and Joe Sackick to me has been very similar to George Payton he's made far more right moves than wrong moves Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day picking your goalie is like picking your quarterback and he knew he chose Darcy Kemper right he knew he wanted to stick with Darcy Kemper instead of making a trade for a Marc-Andre Fleury Probably the biggest decision he will have made in his tenure, really, because this because Darcy Kemper's success or failure is going to determine whether he can maximize a truly great team. 
Yep. This is the guy he chose. Right. And, and what do they do if and what do they do if Kemper doesn't get it done in the next two months? What's the next move beyond that? Let's see who's available on back? the free agent yeah, market. I mean I suppose. I mean, they but, might kind of if if Kemper can't bring this home, they might find themselves in a pattern of of chasing uh, chasing the whoever's on the market every year, right? Yep. And potentially overpaying, and potentially changing the structure of the team in the process because it, because of the understanding that it it is all about the goalie, just like it's all about the quarterback in football. It's all about the goalie in hockey in the playoffs. No, I agree. So, I mean, look, looking at the uh, free agent goaltenders coming up, we don't want to get, you know, way too ahead of ourselves because we hope Darcy Kemper plays well. Um, Kemper's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Mm -hmm. Andre Fleury is. Um, I mean, it's not an overly impressive list. You're Mm -hmm. not going to go after Corey Schneider. Yeah. So hopefully they find a way to get it done or, you know, maybe Francois is the answer, but the guy can't stay healthy. Yeah. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Some injury news about that Denver Nuggets and San Antonio Spurs game tonight, as well as technology that MLB might introduce to stop sign stealing. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale arm of the public, go to rmfpe.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, some injury report updates before the San Antonio Spurs take on the Denver Nuggets here at Ball Arena tonight, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. DeJounte Murray, who leads the Spurs in points, assists, and steals, has been ruled out with an illness. Jakob Pertl, who leads the Spurs in the other two major categories, rebounds and blocks, also out tonight with a back injury. So the Nuggets getting some... Good fortune there with a couple big-time contributors for the Spurs out. They had a really slow start against the Lakers on Sunday. Jokic turned the ball over a lot in the first quarter. Do you expect to see the Nuggets kind of get off to a slow start again this evening or will being back at home and having just three games left have them laser-focused and starting strong? I think they will start off fast, build about a 15- to 20-point lead, totally blow it, and they'll win by the skin of their teeth. In other words, played to the level of their opponent. Yes. Denver Nugget basketball. 
Yeah, by, by, catch yeah. it. Yeah, the, the, Murray has missed the last. Uh, Dejounte Murray has missed the last couple of games, and the Spurs won them both. But they were against the Trailblazers, a little different level of competition overall this year. When Murray has not played for the Spurs, they're three and eight. That's a good stat. I had not known that. Just in case you missed it, MLB wants to make sign stealing a thing of the past. They are giving pitchers and catchers the option of using signaling devices to communicate pitch type and location. There will be a wrist pad on the glove hand of the catcher and using buttons relayed to a listening device for the pitcher and up to three teammates on the defense. They'll be able to signal pitches seamlessly without having to actually signal them with their fingers. Uh, do you like MLB allowing technology in the game for this purpose? Absolutely, I like that. I like the idea. I like the idea of a, you know, of a robotically enforced uh, strike zone. I know there are people that disagree with that. I like, but but sign stealing in particular. If you have the technology to get a mode of cheating out of the game, absolutely you should use it. What's worse, the shift that they just banned? Or letting your second baseman, your shortstop, and your third baseman know it's going to be an inside fastball to a right-handed hitter, knowing he's a pull hitter. What's worse? Because there's no guesswork there. But the th- but the thing is, if they if the pitcher if the second baseman is watching where the, is watching the catcher signaling the 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 the, the players in the infield know what pitch is coming too. They right? know they know because they're being alerted through electronics. No, but they knew that before because they knew the signals as well, and they could see where the capture was setting but up. They're, but they're not going to be doing signals now. They're just going to do like tap, 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 tap. Right, and so I think it should. So, so, it's, so it, it's, it's okay. It, I have it's a built-in shift. I have no problem with the defense knowing what the picture is, what their own picture, their own team's picture is pitching. There's a difference between that and. A science stealing mechanism that allows the batter to know no, I what gr- the picture is. I agree with you. I'm talking about the shift compared to this. And they just outlawed the shift. I'm well I, mean, I never thought of one being comparable to the other. Well, they just outlawed the shift, which I think is ridiculous. I do. But now you're telling your guys in the field. If you're going to throw a slider on the outside part of the plate to a right-handed hitter who's a pull hitter, and you know where the ball is basically going to go, now you're giving the defense even a bigger advantage than being able to shift. Yeah, well, with, a sh- with a shift, it's guesswork. You're hoping the guy doesn't hit it the other way. But you're way. playing the percentages. You have a better chance of knowing where a guy's going to hit it if you know what pitch is being thrown. Then, if it's the shift, you think and they you have no idea. You think they didn't know what pitch was coming already? Who? The players on defense, on, on, on the players in the infield. I don't know. How would they know? Because they can see the catcher signal too. Maybe. Yeah. Not all of them. And they can see the way the catcher was setting up, the way the way he was positioning himself. So, I don't. Th- I don't think this represents any great change. I think. Banning the shift represents a, a bigger change than equipping everybody with little with little signals. By the way, how do you how do you wave somebody? How do you wave the pitcher off? Just just shake your head. 
how do you wave the pitcher off? Well, the pitcher waves the catcher off. I mean, how does the pitcher wave the catcher off? Probably just, I mean, I imagine he just shakes his head, right? I mean, why, why, why would that change? I don't know. Maybe. At the end of the day, the pitcher still has to hit the spot. Yep, yeah. He does. Just in case you missed it, Kansas uh, had a great display of sportsmanship last night, not taking advantage of Armando Baycott's injury to attack a five on four. Is this a good move by the Jayhawks, or should they have taken advantage of UNC being down a player, being as. This was the title game, and that's for all the marbles. I was kind of torn as I was watching it because it was a close game, and I'm thinking, man, you hit a three-pointer here, you know, five on four. Wow. I, I mean, was, if, if, the yeah. game, if the game is decided on that, and the guy is and good for Baycott for running as fast as he could. Kind of hopped, really. He was basically on one foot at that you, point. You, you, thank you for correcting me. You knew exactly what I meant. The point is... I, I was, I'm thinking, what do you do here? Because if you get an advantage like that late in the game, of course you should take advantage of it. What if they would have lost that game? I was surprised that they didn't do it. Surprised that what? That they didn't take advantage of it. I was stunned. Well, not only did they win, but they're good sports. How do you the, like that? The other interesting thing was in the final seconds when Carolina was setting up for a three, you know, that this the, the, I, the strategy usually would have been try to foul as soon as the passer as soon as as soon as the man gets the ball off the didn't. inbounds pass right yeah. and they didn't right and that, I thought there was a certain degree of magnanimity from Kansas last night that you have to respect uh, and, magnanimity well it here's means, the here no I know what it means what I'm saying is it was foolish not to do it strategically but then, it, but it, then it, again it, yeah, but, but then again what if the guy makes it what if the guy makes it now it's a four point play and you lose the foul line? Strategically it's it was the it was the wrong thing to do on a sportsmanship level it was the right thing to do. For the three point play? Both of them. For the three point play, once the guy catches it, you shove him to the ground if you, you should, I'm not but there are a lot of people that believe it's the chicken way out. I, I don't I don't know if that was the I, I think the plan was don't foul, don't foul, don't foul. I think that was the and because of the risk of the foul being a shooting foul if correct. Love managed to get it off. Correct. All right, that's going to do it for us. Nolan, Danny, great job today. May, same with you. Tomorrow's hump day. Make it the best possible night you can.